0: SNAF Production. Did dinosaurs actually have feathers, rock some crazy colours, and sing and dance? I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing. Dinosaurs have captured our imaginations for generations. You've probably got a pretty decent idea in your mind of what they look like. No doubt, TV shows and movies have helped you conjure up that image, but what if we've got it wrong and they look completely different to how we've painted them? Today, Cosmos Magazine journalist Evram Yazgen and I get to the bottom of what dinosaurs may have actually looked like. So, Evram, the idea that T-Rex could have had feathers just tickles me. We know that birds are basically modern-day dinosaurs, but a feathery T-Rex, like, that's funny.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, it is a hilarious image, and it's probably funny to imagine because the mental image most of us have of what the T-Rex was like is this big-jawed, tiny-armed, scary, aggressive predator. So to imagine that with feathers is, yeah, honestly pretty funny. But realistically, the science around T-Rexes doesn't actually confirm or deny if they had feathers or if they were actually this grayish color we usually think of them as being. Maybe they had bright colors. Mm. There are anatomical features of the T-Rex that are informed by science, like their arms, their big heads, and so on. But the image of a T-Rex that probably exists in most people's heads would be, obviously, the T-Rex from Jurassic Park.
0: Now, Evram, you know me, and I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan, Mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure Jurassic Park universe's portrayal of the T-Rex and other dinosaurs isn't maybe super
1: accurate. Look, it was pretty good for the time, uh, but you're right. The science has sort of developed, and, and we know that there are some things which weren't exactly correct. Uh, for one thing, the T-Rex in Jurassic Park is a bit too big. Basically, it's just a bit bulky. The length <laughs> and the height are okay, but Roberta was a chonky girl.
0: Can you explain to us who Roberta is, Ever?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. So Roberta is the name of the animatronic T-Rex that they used in the original Jurassic Park film. It's a pretty funny name. I originally thought that they chose that name because it kind of sounds like robot and they had this animatronic six-ton T-Rex. I don't know if that's true, though. Maybe it's just the name. But in the actual movie, the name of the T-Rex is Rexy, but I think Roberta's just better and we'll go with that for now. Yes. A little bit more about Roberta. Firstly, her skull shape is wrong. So it would have been much narrower. The sort of nodules on the top of her head would have been you know, in a different place. It's not so tall, things like this. And new research also suggests that T Rexes actually had lips, so their teeth wouldn't have been showing. (laughs)
0: Lips? So like Jurassic Park 4, Roberta heads to Sephora. Like I don't know, maybe (laughs) to pick up the Kylie Jenner lip kit. Evram, what do you mean lips?
1: It's a contentious topic. Again, like feathers, things like lips are not fossilized. So we don't know for sure. So even this is up for debate. But the contention around T Rex and other dinosaurs goes beyond just their appearances. Even behavior is up for debate, but we'll get onto that in a bit. One of the most vocal paleontologists out there when it comes to how we've got the image of dinosaurs all wrong is a guy called Jack Horner.
0: And if you don't know who Jack Horner is, what do we need to know about him?
1: So, Jack Horner is arguably the best known paleontologist in the world and it said he was partly the inspiration behind Jurassic Park's Dr. Alan Grant, played by Sam Neill, the main character in the first film and a few others after that. Horner was also the technical advisor for the first five Jurassic Park films and had a cameo in Jurassic World. Porno spent decades studying some of North America's most famous dinosaurs, like Triceratops and Tyrannosaurus rex. Yeah, I've watched him in dozens of dino documentaries over the years, and I actually got the opportunity to chat with him, which was a bit of a fanboy moment, I've got to say.
0: Oh my God, that is so cool.
2: Yeah. Dinosaurs probably weren't as exciting as we'd like to make them, right? I mean, you know, they were just normal animals. People who are trying to sell something, whether it be a TV show or a, a movie are going to over-sensationalize mm. right, the behaviors of animals. We have a lot of T. rex skeletons. I'm still a strong advocate
1: of T. rex being an opportunist.
0: What does Horner mean, Ephraim? the T. rex being an opportunist?
1: What he means is that it would have been a scavenger. Horner and some others believe that T. rex was too top-heavy to risk serious chase down of prey. Um, it would just topple over if it was running with its big head and frankly lack of arms (laughs) and not being able to stop itself. You could loosely compare this to lions, animals we think of as apex predators actually being a bit more like scavengers. Lions today scavenge over half of their meals and you just wouldn't necessarily think of that because you think of them as you know the big apex predator hunting all the time. The behavioral stuff is interesting too and we now believe t-rex lived in family groups. A lot of People may have conjured up in their mind that T-Rex was a solitary roamer. Sure. It may even have cared for its young, like modern birds do today. Feeding them, protecting them, living with them, and not just, you know, letting them run off when they're born.
0: Do they eat some of the worms and then regurgitate them into the baby (laughs) T-Rex's mouth?
1: Maybe massive dino worms. I mean, it does give a real sense, worms or not that these things were living, breathing animals as opposed to just being monsters on the screen. Yeah. And then there's obviously the stuff about colors and feathers, which Jack Horner doesn't exactly subscribe to either or has contentious views. Since the
2: beginning of finding dinosaurs, people have been making them gray and brown, yet their descendants can be very colorful, right? Vividly colored. Since we don't know, a vividly colored dinosaur is just as accurate as a brown one. Actually, the preponderance of evidence suggests that they would be vividly colored because Mm. birds are dinosaurs. And especially the birds with crests on their heads, curasos and hornbills, all of those bony crests are are colorful. They're vividly colored. And why not at least vividly color the accoutrements on the heads of the dinosaurs, like the horn dinosaurs and the duckbill dinosaurs and so Mm. forth? I mean, why not?
1: Somebody made a model of Sue the T-Rex.
0: Tell us about Sue the T-Rex, Evram.
1: Sure. So Sue the T-Rex is arguably one of the most famous T-Rex skeletons out there, also one of the biggest. And so what Horner is saying is basically that this recreation of Sue is just not all that inspired and may not even be scientifically accurate. You know,
2: it looked like a big giant hippopotamus. It was all gray. I don't understand that at all. There's no reason T-Rex couldn't have been feathered and pink and danced and sang. And everybody just laughs at that. The idea is just as accurate as a big hippopotamus gray colored thing.
0: I'm going to take that as the truth, Evram. And I believe that the T-Rex did dance and sing. So thank you so much for that. It will be forever in my head.
1: (laughs) You're forever welcome. And of course, you have Jack Horner to thank for that image as well. Another reason that Horner thinks more people don't think of dinosaurs as singing, dancing, vivid, colored beasts is because over the years, scientists have followed their own opinions and biases to try and prove their own science, or what we already think of dinosaurs as being, rather than trying to debunk science that might be way off. Lots of scientists just want T-Rex to be an apex predator, and so they're going to
2: do science the opposite way it's supposed to be done. They're going Mm. to look for evidence to support their theory rather than falsify it.
0: Is this something that could be fixed by more science? Do you think we'll continue to build on our knowledge of dinosaurs and what they actually looked like and how they behaved?
1: Well, yes and no. So in the last couple of decades alone, we've made leaps and bounds in what we know and understand about dinosaurs. But The fact of the matter is that the fossil record is so sparse that we're just filling in small sections of massive blanks, and they may remain blank for a long time, potentially forever. That being said, there's definitely more to be discovered, and the more we understand about dinosaurs globally, the better. New technologies like CT scanning and even chemical analysis can tell us heaps of new info we wouldn't have been able to get before. So even old fossils in museums are giving new information. And like we've talked about, birds flapping about today are basically modern-day dinosaurs. We could focus more on learning about birds and then link that back to their dinosaur ancestors. We assume that birds are pretty, right? And therefore, they evolve prettiness
2: on their own. Because dinosaurs couldn't be pretty. They have to be mean and nasty and neat people. That's our general consensus. You know, there's nothing to suggest that it's right.
0: So what next, Ever? How do we change everyone's mind when it comes to what dinosaurs look like? I say this as a person who has a Velociraptor tattoo, but it is a Jurassic Park Velociraptor, and I got up way after. We thought that maybe Velociraptors had feathers and I thought they looked dumb. So I went with the Jurassic Park Velociraptor instead because it's very cool. So back to my question, (laughs) is this something worth doing, changing people's minds? What would be the tangible real world outcomes of this?
1: Yeah. In terms of tangible takeaways, obviously there aren't any dinosaurs today like they used to be. There are the birds, but um, you don't have T-Rexes and Triceratops and things. So it's not telling us about existing species so to speak it does help us learn more about birds how they evolved and we can then develop our understanding of the animals that do exist today but i think fundamentally we're all fascinated by dinosaurs these massive creatures that lived tens of millions of years ago i mean as a four year old watching jurassic park or the bbc documentary walking with dinosaurs i was amazed And the more we learn, the more amazing and lifelike these creatures become. And we're really just starting to get a sense of how they lived.
0: Evrim Yazgan is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You can read Evrim's feature article on dinosaurs and their true colours in issue 98 of Cosmos magazine. You can grab a copy of that by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe, mixing by Dave Stein. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.